welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to John, the second chapter. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone jars, water jars, for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it, and when the chief steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated very much the, uh, the theme of this epiphany season, and he revealed his glory. Okay, Epiphany, the season associated with the revealing of God in Jesus Christ. The first epiphany appearance, as we shared together, uh, was celebrated when the wise men uh, journeyed to Bethlehem to worship the baby Jesus. The Magi's prophetic gifts celebrated much, uh, uh, foretold a man of royalty, gold, foretold a man of prayer, incense, and they foretold a man who would so love the world he would sacrifice himself for the sake of that world, our world, your world, the one in which you find yourself living today. The second celebration of God's great revelation, God's great epiphany, was observed just last week at Jesus' baptism there in the River Jordan. And the words that he heard, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. You know, it occurred to me, men, it occurred to me, fathers, What a grace it would be if we could say those same words to our own sons. 
You're my son, and I'm well pleased with you. Particularly in this day when they are taught that by virtue of being men, they are toxic. They are poison. What a grace if I said that more often to my own sons and grandsons. That'd be a true Father's Day text for the, for the having, wouldn't it? With Jesus' baptism, the time of prologue had ended and the die was cast. John would henceforth decrease. And Jesus would, after that fateful day at the Jordan River, come to assume the full weight of the mantle of God's will. Compared to the swift sword of John's death, Jesus' passion, as we will observe soon over the coming season of Lent, Jesus' passion would prove excruciatingly long. Today marks the Christian Church's third celebration of our God with us as Jesus, Mary, and now notice for the first time the twelve disciples attended a wedding feast in Cana, just north of Nazareth. Now this text, familiar to so many wedding celebrations, really in truth is not so much about marriage as it is about the blossoming of the flower that was to become faith in Jesus Christ, such that in John's words of summation, and his disciples believed in him. That's the point. That's the point. The miracle of Cana was so that his disciples might believe in him. Once more, God the Father remarkably used his servant Mary, an icon of the bride, to demonstrate what? Faith in Jesus, he who's the icon of the groom, would look like. Having identified a potentially uh, embarrassing, awkward, uh, at the very least, situation, running out of wine. It appears very early in the course of a marriage celebration, Mary simply identified the problem. But more interestingly, Mary confessed what the servants ought to do. Mary did not direct them to the local market. And so simply put, it can be overlooked. Mary said, do whatever he tells you. The Holy Spirit still whispers in our ears today. If we will but listen, do whatever he tells you. The intricacies, the, the intricacies of how many jars and how much the jars held, and the information of what the water jars were for, these things are John just being John. And John sometimes floods the zone with information because John's mind was always busy, even as his writing style was intricate and difficult, I can tell you from experience, to translate. John demanded much of those who would try to translate his words into the language of others. John was a bard of even greater substance than Shakespeare. And so is the beauty of his gospel that we have today. 
So don't get caught up in the intricacies of the story. Rather, see how the gospel increasingly and now exclusively focused upon Jesus. Do whatever he tells you to do. It would ultimately come down to that, you know, faith to follow Jesus. As Paul reminded the very early church in Corinth, as you have heard today, for no one speaking by the Holy Spirit can curse Jesus, and no one can confess him as Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And this Paul wrote at a time before the church had thoroughly explored and explained the faith that we know as it would come to us through creeds and Holy Scripture. The beginning of Jesus' ministry, it marked a three-year odyssey that changed the course of human history, that changed the world forever. When, on that first foggy Easter morning, another Mary, a different Mary, announced the resurrection to whom? To that same fearful and fragile group of men, the disciples that attended today's wedding at Cana in Galilee and believed in him. In this account, and it is again unique to John's gospel, Mary had <laughs> exactly two lines, small lines. They have no wine. Do whatever he tells you. Problem and solution. Dilemma and decision. A social defeat. And a spiritual victory. Death and life. Now, this pattern would become established and woven into the message of the Christian church. Death and resurrection. Heard that before? <laughs> Death and resurrection. But always and only through the cross. By way of the cross. Remarkable. Confounding. Transformational unheard of it would be the apostle Paul who would pick up on this though this theme and evolve it and develop it through the course of his ministry his writings and he would write in part to the Corinthians the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of God for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Rhetorically, he asks, Where is the one who is wise? Paul would say, I'm wise, I am learned, I am knowledgeable in the faith of our fathers. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Paul would say, I am a Pharisee, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Where is the debater of this age? You Greeks. 
Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? By this resurrection that we celebrate and proclaim. For you see, Paul writes, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. And then he concludes, for you see, God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness stronger than human strength. This from a man of substantial personal intellect and education. A Pharisee of the Pharisees who understood scholarship well but who hungered to understand the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob even more. Now, throughout its history, the church, the church, the one holy, catholic, and apostolic church, the church has struggled to understand with varying degrees of precision the mystery that is faith in Jesus Christ varying expressions of that effort has led to what we euphemistically now today call denominations and there's often as we know oh painfully do we know variations within denominations and we have to confess our guilt at having violated Jesus's high priestly prayer in John's gospel where he prayed literally on the eve of his death Holy Father keep them one even as you and I are one (laughs) what did we do with that well saddest of all is the experience though I would suggest of the church denouncing expressions of itself the church denouncing the church before the world that's a scandal And thus it is, you see, I suggest to you, it falls to each of us to speak the truth in love, but to speak it without compromising the divine essence of our message, and also without celebrating the chaff as if it were wheat. It's not an easy thing to do. Don't we know that together, huh? In the course of our past recent journey. And so it is, the message of this day, the message to you, is also the message that Mary conveyed to the servants, the steward of the feast, surrounding the problem of their day. When the wine gave out, as she, Jesus, and the disciples 
attended a wedding in Cana, just north of Nazareth, in Galilee. The answer lies within these few words assigned to Mary. She spoke only twice. She identified the problem, and then she illuminated the answer. Do whatever he tells you. Not do whatever your personal preference might be. Not do what this culture or that culture tells you to do, or worse, demands that you do. Not what Caesar tells you you must do, but what Christ, through the witness and testimony of Holy Scripture, says you must do. How do you validate what you believe is the truth? How do we validate that? It's not up to us individually to do without the assistance and the application of Holy Scripture and the gift of the church. Christ left us not a printed, written word, but he did leave us a church. The church, as imperfect as it is, does have 2,000 years of collective wisdom to bring to bear on the subject, the matter. And it's been a costly and expensive 2,000 years. As we as a congregation consider this on our annual meeting day, as we consider this day our shared and path forward, as we entrusted with the gifts of Holy Scriptures, the creeds to guide us, the sacraments to strengthen us, the confessions to help make our witness clear to the community and to the world by our mission and our ministry, let us keep Mary's simple instructions clear and ever before us. Take these words with you this day. Do whatever he tells you, for he will not mislead you, deceive you, or lead you wrong. And let us then, like good disciples, both ancient and modern, how does the lesson end? Believe in him. Believe in him. The marriage at Cana in Galilee. Yours. Mine. Most importantly, ours. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.